Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another football to the max as uh, we continue on our uh, 2016 NFL offseason analysis. This time looking at the rest of the AFC East. We did the Jets and the Bills on Monday along with that double feature that shouldn't have been. And we're doing the Patriots and Dolphins here on this episode and, of course, there's been a lot of movement uh, with the NFL free agency about to start in a few days. And, of course, you know, guys have signed their franchise tenders. Some have been released. Some have been franchise tagged and still awaiting word on that. And speaking of movement, we are without Randy as uh, he finished up his Extra Life uh, 24-hour marathon a charity event they raised seven hundred and fifty dollars for charity um which is fantastic uh i mean i know they wanted to get to that thousand dollars but man seven hundred fifty dollars still a lot of money um you know for two guys playing video games for 24 hours so uh that's pretty awesome and but i do have gary with me here so not by myself yeah i'm here hot and fresh out the kitchen so, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe not rolling that body, but I've got every sports fan in here wishing. Yeah. You know. 
We're going to so. hit the ignition to get away from yeah. uh, <laughs> talking <laughs> about R. Kelly. <laughs> so the, you know, not even R. Kelly. This song just popped in my head. Don't know why. Uh, but no, I'm glad. It, you know, It's a freaking weekend, baby. We're going to have us some fun. And it, this is going to be a good podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a bummer. Uh, we don't have our cohort in crime here, Randy. I mean, he, you know, uh, is just the the final piece that makes this puzzle work. But you know, I, I think we're still going to have a good show and some good topics. What do you, what do you here think about, about. Uh, the money he raised on his his deal? I think that's wonderful. I, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I really wish he could have got the thousand dollar mark. Um, but you know, this is their first year doing it, and with everything, you know, when you start something, you've got to, you know grow and get it built up and it's going to work I, I know he's next year i'm positive they're going to hit the thousand dollars uh, two years three years from now those guys are going to be getting more money than that for charity and this yeah, we got to find something to do uh, yeah yeah we should i mean uh you know I, I know me and sean here do a uh wrestling podcast and i don't know i don't know what you can do for 24 hours maybe we can put on an indie promotion and uh, uh you know, I think uh, they do every year. I think it's P.W. Ponderings does it. I don't know when, but this year I'm going to make sure that we get our hat, our name in the hat for the – they do a 24 hours uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like different people do podcasting, and they make up a 24-hour circuit. And last year I think Larry did like five hours or something. Uh, so I want to make sh- – I'm going to try to get in contact with him and see when they're doing it, if they're going to do it this year, uh, to see if we can put our name in the hat to do a special W2M or something for two yeah. or three hours. I'd know, love it. That would be great. money for charity. Definitely. I'm I'm all for it, man. Get, it, get our name in that hat. Um, you know, it's always nice to be able to give back and do something for the community that you live in or even just to anybody. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, man, I, I want to give back. I want to do something. I don't know. And I'm like, you know, think about what's really important. And, you know, I know it's great to give to other countries that are suffering. But, you know, the American Red Cross is a big deal. They help so many people. Um, in, in fact, in my area in December, there was a tornado that hit. It was an F4 uh Sadly, many people lost their lives, but the destruction was very heavy, and the Red Cross really helped out the people around this area. And they do it all the time, all year long, with you know people around this nation. So I just think it's you know really important to give back, and I think it's a good deal. So I'm I'm really proud for Randy. I'm proud of him. I think it's a great deal, and uh, I can't wait to hear uh, you know more from him. For sure. Uh, so you know. You know, talking about, we talked about uh, Randy helping people. Well, um, these uh, teams help the players uh, make more money, or at least in theory. Uh, that's what you're hoping here. And one of the uh, first people to get signed right after we did the podcast, we talked about the potential of it. Of Sam Bradford, two years, $36 million for Sam Bradford. Uh, seems like a lot. It, it does, and it was kind of funny because I was looking at that and kind of chuckling to myself like, wow, the Eagles really screwed themselves over. Uh, but at the same point, I want to say this, uh, listening to some other analysts talk about it, break down the contract, really the contract is in favor for the Eagles. They're not actually putting as much into him as you would think. Uh, in fact, 
they kind of did what I actually talked about on that podcast before they announced this. Uh, they gave him a two-year deal, and in that two-year deal, the first year is the heaviest part of it. The second year is very light, whereas in if they decided, hey, we know we got us a new quarterback or we found a way to get somebody we like over Sam Bradford, it would not hurt them that badly to cut him in that second year or just let him ride it out. They wouldn't be overpaying, so... It looks like a triumphant number for him, but it's really not as bad as you think. I think uh, uh, I'm trying to think uh, the contract. I think 15 million of that may be signing bonus uh, and some other yeah, incentives. 26 so. of it is in guarantees. See, there you go. Um, so it's you know it, it's a thing. You know, I was a big fan of Sam Bradford. You know, people say Gary, you're making fun of Sam Bradford. You love the guy at the beginning. I really did, but man, I just he got injured again. And really, honestly, with some pretty decent receivers, he just did not look good. And I thought his backfield wasn't terrible. I, I just don't know. I, I'm a little bit lost on Sam Bradford. I thought he was one type of quarterback, and now I'm kind of reevaluating that. So it's weird. Yeah, Mason Crosby signs a four-year deal with the Packers, the kicker, obviously. Um, you know, he's been more hit than miss. But he's he's been dependable for the Packers. Uh, more than anything, sixteen point one million dollars uh, and a five million dollars signing bonus for Crosby. Uh, that'll make him thirty-five when he gets done, which is relatively young for a kicker. <laughs> you know, sometimes we've seen a lot of these kickers go to like their fifties. Yeah. So, <laughs> 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 but you know, it's because they you know are uh, you know special. Not a lot of contact, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're specialized players that no contact. You know, they they do have risk of injury. They're just like anybody else. But that risk of injury is very uh, low. And so you know, you you just got to be happy for uh, guys that can make their career as long as some of these kickers do. And uh, Mason Crosby, a smart move for the Packers. This guy, like you said, Sean more of a hit than a miss at times. And I, I think like when we talked about the Baltimore Ravens locking up Justin Tucker with a franchise tag, you got to make sure that you have a solid kicker in this league. We saw Pittsburgh really struggle at the beginning of the year when they had Josh Scobie, a guy they thought was a lock. So, you know, it, it really games are lost in this league now by two points, three points. And, uh, you know, especially with the new Speaking rules. Speaking of play. Josh Scobie, he got signed to a one-year deal with the Saints. Uh, but does it surprise you? Not really for me. I mean, the Saints have kind Look, of had... Look, listen, before the Pittsburgh uh, fiasco, he was really dependable for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, he was... That was the problem, was that that last year in Jacksonville is when he started having some issues, and Pittsburgh pits him up. He has a tire fire of problems, and then the Saints are getting him another try. Hopefully this off season. You know, uh, gives them some some time to look. You know, not have to think about the things that happened during the season, and you know. Yeah, I, I'm not a kicker. Um, I, I don't really don't believe I have any personal friends who've been kickers. Um, but from you know what I've learned from hearing and just kind of studying a little bit, um, you know, part of their game is mental. And it's a major part at times because if they just kind of psych themselves out, if they overcompensate, undercompensate, uh, these guys sort of will almost totally like a mess up. 
you're exactly right. Yeah, a pitcher is a great example, and we've seen plenty of pitchers go through slumps. And uh, even you know, you want to talk about batters as well. It's kind of both sides of the fence in baseball. Uh, you know, they just let mental mistakes happen, and then the guy has a you know a streak of terrible games. So I, I think Josh Kobe could be okay. I think he was a great kicker at one time. I think he can return to that. He's blessed that he's in a dome now. Uh, so, you know, we know at least eight of his games are going to be indoors. That's a positive for him, I'm sure. I think that it'll help his confidence as well. Joe Flacco gets more money. $40 million signing bonus to restructure his contract and get an extension so that they can uh, have a little bit more cap room there. And this is nothing out of the ordinary. We see teams do this all the time. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, uh, you know, from my personal experience, following the Dallas Cowboys very closely, almost every year Tony Romo would do the same thing. So this is great, you know, but, you know, that's kind of a normal thing. We pretty much knew this was happening, but Alex Mack voids his contract and is testing free agency, the center uh, for the Browns. Uh, one of the good parts of that offensive line. Yeah, you know, you know, you can't blame the guy. I think he realizes this team is really under construction. He doesn't even really know what's going to be happening in the future. I think really what he's hoping is that maybe some team that does have a shot in the playoffs, a team that's closer than the Cleveland Browns are, uh, is something that I think he's hoping for and kind of taking a look at. Uh, Bryce McCain goes to the Titans two years. Leaving the Dolphins to go to Tennessee. Wow, now, that's kind of interesting, uh, you know. And I think that it's a it's a good thing for the Titans, and you know, kind of in, just kind of interesting to me that he he made that move. I thought he was going to stay in Miami. Well, I mean, they obviously need secondary help. That was one of their problems last year. Um, the Titans also need secondary help, so this is a great for Tennessee. Um, he's a dependable corner. He had a few issues last year. He got beat bad a couple of times, but so did the rest of that secondary, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also they caught with Rashad Johnson and some of the other guys that were kind of stepping up there. He was expendable, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, a guy that we kind of thought during the season he wouldn't be playing for the Falcons. Roddy White cut by the team. Ah, you know, in a way it's a surprise, and then in another way it is not a surprise. His season last year was awful. Um, you know, he's dealt with injuries quite a bit in his career. Um, I think really what the Atlanta Falcons are looking at here is they really want a dependable number two and, uh, you know, really Roddy White's not it right now. I think they've kind of figured that out. I think they're going to try to look in free agency in the draft somewhere to get a solid number two receiver for their team. I think it'll make, you know, not only Julio Jones a better and be available on a more regular basis. I think Hardy is a decent number three, but you're right. Uh, They need to find a number two. I mean, yeah, yeah. They let Hankerson go, too, mm-hmm. uh, during the season. So, you know, it's, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Very, very interesting. And I, I'm kind of curious who it's going to be. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think that they need to go out in free agency and pick up a guy like Colston, but they really need to get them a young player that can really help Julio Jones. Brandon LaFell, Scott Chandler, cut by the Patriots. I mean, no surprise the Patriots are cutting people. It's what they do. 
Brandon LaFell did not have the greatest of years. Um, when he was needed to be relied on, he did not come up well for, for Brady. And Scott Chandler had issues of, he did score a few touchdowns, but he also had issues of dropping the ball at times. Yeah, and like you said, Sean, this is a regular thing. Even if Scott Chandler was better, I, you know, when it comes to the cap, they don't care. You know, I, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, kind of an old school thing in a way, but then again, it's not. Uh, these guys are just expendable to the Patriots, and they gladly go and look at the places and find somebody. And, you know, I, Scott Chandler's still a good player in this league, and whoever, you know, finds a, finds him. You know, like Pittsburgh Steelers is a guy, our team, that we've been looking to see what kind of tight end they'd get. And I think Scott Chandler would fit just fine with Big Ben. I would definitely uh, go get Hunter Henry if I'm the Steelers when he falls here. That guy yeah. is going to be a player. Oh, definitely. And if you if you can get him, that's the question. Right. Uh, so the uh, Houston Texans release Arian Foster. We kind of knew this was going to happen. We kind of sort of talked about it. Already hearing rumblings of the Cowboys being interested. Uh, I don't know why he has been injury-prone just about as bad as McFadden. I mean, or McFadden was. I mean, you, I, I don't know. You know, it's a hope and a wish. If, if that's the case, let's just take it as fact, you know, even if it's not. Uh, I, I think that they would be offering him a contract that is very low. Uh, it's a contract to keep them safe on the salary cap, like we've seen them do with Rolando McClain. Uh, in fact, they did this with Greg Hardy last year. Uh, One-year deal. That really does not hurt them if they have to let him go. It's just a tryout basis, and you know you can do the contract that way. And I think Arian Foster, if he truly wants to play in Dallas, he'll sign it. If he doesn't, he'll go to another team that may be willing to pay him more money. I just don't know what team in this league is silly enough to pay that guy a lot of money with all the injuries he's had over his career. Yeah, and I'm sure it will not end sadly for him. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll keep having injuries. Uh. Brandon Carr, we kind of already heard, we heard this during the season with Brandon Carr. Cowboys are expected to release Brandon Carr. Uh, He's been kind of hit or miss. Uh, I'd say more on the hit side. When you got Skander coming back, you hope he doesn't have another big injury. The thing is, you you don't know what's going to happen with Mo Claiborne, if he's going to leave or he's going to stay. And... That's an issue. And then you got you're sitting there looking for corner again. You'd, I, I don't know that I want Byron Jones. I want Byron Jones at that safety spot. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Byron Jones is just fine at safety, and it's uh, a big deal uh, when he's available at safety. Um, so I, I look at this situation. I think Claiborne will probably be gone. I don't expect him to resign with the Dallas Cowboys. I. Carr, on the other hand, I could imagine them finding a way to making a deal uh, and seeing what they can do. Um, but, you know, that's not a guarantee. I, I really think that this year Dallas is really going to be searching out for more talent. Skandrick's great. They found some other corners that they kind of like but aren't really proven. So we'll have to kind of follow this story more. But, I mean, Carr is a guy that I think is an asset. But is he a major loss if he finds his way to another team? I would not say too terribly. 
Romo has apparently decided to do the plate in his clavicle after we talked about him shaving down parts of it and all this other stuff. I think this is the better. Decision. Are you sure? I just heard tonight that he was shaving it down. Lord. They yeah, I don't know. They need to figure this out with Robo. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny because I just turned on the ten o'clock news. Robo's going to shave it down to prevent. Uh, they need they, seriously. That just needs to stop being a story until he finally. He's yeah. going into surgery right now. <laughs> I know. You know what? I, I think what they're trying to do, and I think what Tony Romo's trying to do, is find a way to get the collarbone into the shape that he can actually take hits and not re-injure it. I think that's the biggest deal right now. They're trying to find a way to keep this guy upright, especially if the rumors are true. Uh, Just this past week, we've heard Jerry Jones apparently talked to Gil Brandt and told him personally, Dallas will not draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Um, And if that's the truth, this is why, uh, because they, for some reason, believe that they can get this thing fixed with Tony Romo, and he's going to be okay next year. And I don't I think, know. And <clears throat> apparently there's a few mock drafts that are thinking that the Titans may not go with Bosa at number one and that Bosa could drop to number four because mm-hmm. they're expecting a team to go in front of the Cowboys. This is why I think Jerry messed up completely by telling Gilbrandt that we're not doing it because you could let somebody get in front of you that is going to take a quarterback and maybe Bosa falls to you. You know, instead of being in that spot and, you know. You know, I I think it is in a way, and in a way I'm almost wondering how much of a smokescreen this is uh, because, you know, you know, I, I just don't know. I, it's so hard. There's so many stories that come out before the draft that are smoke screens that are trying. Yeah, mind games. Yeah, so. mind games. I mean, so, you know, you really don't know what's fact and what's not. But, I mean, I'm okay with Jerry Jones that it, with that mindset, you know, for me personally. Um, not going after quarterback right away because he is – in a situation where he does have a starting quarterback day one, any quarterback would come in, which Gilbrandt himself, I heard an interview with him uh, saying this exact thing, and that is you go draft a quarterback, he's not going to be ready to help your team until about 2019. He's not going to be a starting quarterback with the skills that you're seeing other quarterbacks have and probably until 2019, whereas you can go get a Bosa who's ready day one. You get him in camp. He's ready to rock and roll this year. So I, I think that's kind of the mindset we have here. But I don't know. I, I'm still wondering if Jerry's saying that so he can go get the darling that he wants. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quarterback. You never know with Mr. Jones. He kind of lives in his own little bubble sometimes. Until he talks to his son, then he kind of has to come out of the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Lamar Miller apparently is going to be offered a $5 million per year deal. Um, it seems to indicate he's going to take it, but, you know, uh, the guy we had on for the Dolphins interview seemed to kind of just have this feeling of, well, if he doesn't take it, you guys just move on at this point. You're going to keep offering them money, offering them money. Um, I don't remember Avayo being too bad. So I think Miller, you obviously want to keep him, but you don't want to overpay for him either. Exactly. And, you know, if the word going around is that his price tag eventually will be about $7 million. Uh, because teams will fight for him. Um, you know, there are teams, you know, like you just mentioned, Sean, you talked about the Dallas Cowboys, one area foster. They're, they're really looking for a running back. It's a big deal to them this year, you know, going in the draft I really somewhere. I think the Cowboys would be smart if they took Elliott. Uh, yeah, they would be smart. Uh, the question is, is how, you know, how would they be able to get him? That's the big key. I, um, I've heard people say you can take it. Gurley proved that it's not bad to take somebody at that early stage, you know, you take mm-hmm. them at four. I mean, I know you need other needs, obviously. They're more yeah, I mean, but, I, I would know. I would agree if you wouldn't have a talent like a Bosa it's sitting in your face. You yeah, can't... I mean, if you got quarter, you got a quarterback looking at you and then some mm-hmm. other guys, I think, yeah. you know. But, I mean, to your point, though, you know, looking at Lamar Miller, I think, you know, he's a, a player that other teams are going to value. They're going to say, you know, this guy is going to help, you know, add a piece to our team. We can overpay a little bit if we want to. Whereas the Dolphins are kind of in the situation the Dallas Cowboys were with DeMarco Murray, uh, saying, hey, this is where we're willing to pay you because of these reasons. But, you know, go test the waters. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Kirk Cousins was very quick, and I mean very quick, to sign his franchise tag. Uh, of course, he's not dumb. Uh, I think he knows, like, uh, I may not get $20 million, uh for this year if I don't sign this tag. So I think he did the smart thing, honestly. And I think he, you know, signing that means you know you're getting 19, 20 million guaranteed. You go and keep fighting, you may not get offered that money. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? You know? I I agree. And, you know, there are so many players that hold out on the franchise tag. They don't like it. But you know, let's be honest. I mean, the money you get on those franchise tags is beautiful. I mean, it's really good money. And I know a lot of players don't like it because they feel like, you know, uh, if they were to get injured that year, uh, other teams wouldn't pay him later on right, if they got exactly. released. And I get that point. But, I mean, it's a yin and yang thing. And um, I don't blame Kirk Cousins. I think this is a smart deal. He's betting on himself, and 
that's a good thing. Uh, you know, when a player gets motivated, you know, we see some positive things usually come out of it. And Kirk Cousins is a guy that proved that, hey, you know, he was a good starting quarterback in this league in the year, you know, this last year. So let's see if he can do it again. All right, let's go through some quick ones here. Brandon Tate, the first Bengal of the three receivers to get signed. The one guy that uh, Wyatt, I remember vividly saying he did not want to see back. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Marvin Lewis likes him. That team likes him. Hmm. Justin Tucker signs his franchise tag. I don't think it's a surprise there. Uh, what's that? Cordy Glenn signs his. I don't think that's a surprise there. The Bills... Uh, Offensive lineman Jermaine Johnson of the Rams signs his as well. And now the other corner is out there in free agency, and he may not be back. Uh, T.O. and Marvin Harrison had a little spat with a T.O. whining about not being first ballot. And then Harrison kind of got back at him, and T.O.'s like, I don't need a yellow jacket to validate me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> No, uh, you're complaining about not being first ballot, but then you're just going to be like, oh, I don't need it at all. What a total, you know. Doesn't that seem like uh, those those people that complain that they really want something, they go, no, you can't. Oh, well, I, I didn't need it in the first place. Yeah. Then why yeah. are you going at Then why are you saying anything if you didn't need it? Yeah, like, yeah. You're right. He wants it. He wants it badly. He didn't get it, so he's got kind of offended. But, you know, uh, T.O., you have to understand why you didn't get that. I, I think you're a first tie, You're a first ballot guy if you just have better behavior. Your behavior kind of messed you over. That's your well, own and fault. Marvin Harrison got the one ring. So Yeah, I didn't, that, that's fair. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I love Marvin Harrison for what he's done. Um, but I still find other receivers uh, that are not in the Hall of Fame right now that I think probably could even go before Marvin Harrison. So Armani Bryant uh, suspended for the first four games of the season for violating the performance-enhancing substance policy. Uh, he's a former seventh-round pick. He played in 14 games last year and started in two of them. So he's not – I mean, he did have a five-and-a-half sacks last year. Um, even though many people will say that Sacks is one of the most overrated stats in all of football. Um, and he also has an indictment on two felony counts of drug possession uh, where he was stopped and arrested on Christmas morning in Ohio. And he, well, they don't say, they found marijuana in the car along with a concealed handgun and he didn't have a permit. Uh, you know what? Again, just look, you're 25. You make dumb choices when you're 25. Uh, but, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week um, with the young man from Houston, the Houston receiver, and uh, Strong, Jalen Strong. And you, you just question their decision making and why they do it. But then you look back and you think oh, they're so young and. Um, where most guys their age are making mistakes out there, they're not under the microscope like an NFL player is. Whereas, you know, a guy that's their age and, you know, is a insurance adjuster or, you know, just a, you know, a guy that works at a bakery, uh, he gets pulled over, gets, a, you know, it's a little slap on the hand, but not everybody cares. Whereas this, it's a big deal, all that. So you got to feel bad for these guys, but they really need to pay attention 
and really listen to what these veterans are telling them and, you know, make sure when you go to these rookie symposiums and uh, you hear these veterans talk, listen to them. They tell you not to get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. And that's your fault and it's nobody else's. Rams are treating Case Keenum like he is the starting QB right now. So. Well, I mean, you treat royalty like royalty, right? I mean, uh, what, How what can did you say? I know that was going to be your answer. <laughs> I mean, you got a Houston quarter, Houston, Houston Cougar quarterback at your disposal. Can't get any better than that. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, Case Keenum is a guy that I've kind of followed. I think he's not a bad player. I'm a little surprised he did not really prove to anyone that well, he was. You have a man crush on Case Keenum. You... I I've just followed his career from college. I just think a lot of him. I think he's you know a good player, but I don't think he proved enough to me last year to make me think that he's a starting quarterback at this point in his career. I, I look at him as a a good fill-in guy. So I don't know. I mean, if really if Jeff Fisher feels like this guy is the guy. Hey, let him try it. You never know. Uh, Kurt Warner was a guy, you know, bagging groceries. People would have said, what was that? You know, and it took a guy getting injured for him to come out and start, you know, one of the biggest uh, offensive, uh, you know, teams in, in NFL history. So, you know, you never know. Case Keenum may actually be the guy. We just don't believe in him. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I want him to succeed, I think. Uh, you know, for anybody else that's coming out of those smaller schools that a lot of, you know, teams don't look at for quarterback, uh, it would be a good thing for him. It'd be great. Just, uh, I'd love to see it, you know. So, mm -hmm. I, I hope for his sake that it, it does happen. Uh, hey, at least, you know, with the Rams, at least they're in a good spot where they can sort of do that. So Yeah, is he married? Do you have any idea? I don't know if he's I, married. You know. I, I just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're talking about a guy that's going to be the face of the franchise in a way. Not not the complete face because there's Todd Gurley, other guys that are really going to be on the billboards in L.A. And they're going to be making their presence known. You know, L.A. is, you know, a tough town to play in. And so they're going to have to sell themselves very hard to that public. And, you know, uh, the reason I asked about his wife because, you know, if she's beautiful then he's going to have a better chance of being a starting quarterback because him showing up to things with her would be great for him oh yeah you know what i mean it's like tom brady and giselle they don't have to mm -hmm. they don't have to worry about where they go yeah but if she looks I mean, like a, a donkey then they're gonna just be like eh, you know so that's true uh very true uh I'm, you know i i don't want to get into it's a shallow place, is what I'm yes. pointing out. <laughs> it, is, it is a shallow, you know. But it's true. It, honestly, the thing is, though, it's true. I mean, it's it's not like I think people that think that looks looks still matter. They very much do. Um, as much as we want to say that they don't, and we've all progressed as society and all that stuff. But when you're talking about media and and making those appearances and stuff, you look good. And you look presentable to people, and they're going to want you to be the face uh, yeah. as opposed to – And I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I, I just want to point out the reason I'm making this a big deal and people are like, good God, why are you making this? It's because you know I live in a market at, which is Dallas, and the Dallas Cowboys are definitely national news anytime that 
Jason Witten Farts, ESPN is tweeting out, you know, that happened. Uh, so that's the same way it's going to be happening with that franchise. The Rams are going to now get that luxury of having anytime something happens, if Todd Gurley uh, has Chinese food, you're going to hear about it on ESPN. You know, you're going to hear about it on the Twitter and uh, every other social media because it's a major market. And it is very important to have the presence there, to have a good relationship with those guys in the media, uh, you know, that's why you see uh, the, just the different things that some of these bigger market guys have to do. Look at Eli Manning. Eli Manning has had to do things to be presentable, to showcase that, you know, he's a, a you know a luxurious guy, a guy that takes care of business uh, because he's in a major market. That's my whole point with, the, you know, with the Rams is they can't pretend like they're in St. Louis anymore because they're not. They've got to now up their game. They've got to have guys – that are quality that this LA crowd is going to want to come and see because it's going to be tough to sell out a building if you're showing up with guys that really no one cares about. You know that's just my thought process, and they've got to find a way to sell tickets and keep people coming to those games. Oh, you're right, they do. So uh, continue, you know. Speaking of continuing, we're going to continue on with our 2016 uh, NFL offseason analysis here, and we're going to look at the Patriots first. This was very brief. Um, Jeff was kind of busy that day. He'd actually pulled over from traffic to kind of talk to me, uh, Jeff Burkhardt. He's been on the podcast before when we did these for the up to the coming of the season. But, uh, you know, so he didn't talk to me a lot. But And to be fair to him, it's not like the Patriots just have all these glaring issues either. So, you know, they did. They were a game away from being in the Super Bowl last year. We know what the Patriots do. We know what the Patriots are. So, I mean, it's – it's. I can't really uh, – he doesn't go into these long diatribes. In fact, sometimes he gives me one-word answers. Uh, but, you know, so everybody has their own way of answering things. And uh, just wanted to preface that uh, here before we, we get into it. So here we go. Uh, about nine minutes or so of – Jeff Burgard talking about his New England Patriots. All right, so we're here doing the first interview for the podcast tonight. And uh, with me is New England Patriots fan uh, Jeff Burkhardt. How are you doing, sir? Oh, it would be nice if there wasn't so much traffic, but I figured the call was more important, so I pulled off the road for a little bit. Well, I appreciate uh, you uh, doing this for us, even though you, you had to pull off from the traffic. So, you know, uh, I, I just apparently saw that looks like the NFL still trying to get back at Tom Brady with this whole deflategate nonsense. Yeah, it's getting crazy. I was reading something today that they're pro- that he's going to end up winning this, this appeal too or whatever, so... I mean, the judge apparently said it was there was compelling evidence or whatever. Just, do you really think the? It seems so silly. Like after you lost it the first time, I get it's a pride thing possibly for Goodell, but it's like, shouldn't you just drop it? I would think so because I know the last time that Goodell brought it up the court, he didn't have it in the right color folder. It was some crazy story like that, and the judge kind of like laughed at it or something. So they had to redo it again. I don't know what that was all about. But I just thought that was funny. There's a colored folder you have to have. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah something to do with like a weird colored folder. I don't know what the issue was, but 
that uh that's certainly uh different at least so i yeah. mean obviously you fell short of the goal last year uh losing to the eventual champions yeah um, but overall i still would you would you call it a a good season considering you you dodged the bullet with brady you got to have him for the whole year uh, i mean you had a, quite a few injuries to overcome too yeah, there was a lot of injuries, and there was a big problem with the offensive line. Uh, that's why they got back uh, Starnecchia back as their coach after he had retired two years ago. Um, he made big differences when he was on the team. So, at least for now, you know, I can see a bright light at that. And there's a few guys on the offensive line they should get rid of, like namely Marcus Cannon because he just wasn't good all season. And then they just cut a whole bunch, a uh, few other players, like uh, Chandler, and LaSalle's gone. And wow, they cut receiver. Chandler. Wow. Yeah. And then Mayo retired. Well, I don't know if they cut him or they didn't renew the contract. I'm not sure exactly, but I know he's gone. And uh, uh, Times or Tims, I'm not good with his name, but he's another another receiver that they that they let go. So they freed up like three and a half million of cap space. And then Brady just signed a two-year extension, so... Do you think uh, Brady will really play for those 10 years that he keeps talking about? Um, I think if he stays healthy, he will. I know he doesn't want to end up the way that a Favre did looking so bad at the end of his career. You know, I mean, that's probably every quarterback's nightmare, but I'm sure if he's healthy, I think he'll keep going as long as he can or he, you know, until he starts getting to the point where he's not good. All right. So if you're looking at now this off season, what are I, I, you already mentioned the offensive line is a big deal. Any other needs that you see? Um, definitely a deep threat receiver. Yet, I mean, they can't rely on like Gronk and Edelman all the time. I mean, they're they're you know they're they're good, but they they definitely need a somebody who could fill those old shoes of Randy Moss when he was there. And they never really had that sense. Yeah. Somebody who can go down the field, you know, that's really, I think really the only thing besides uh, filling up some holes in the O-line again. But. Do you think that they need uh, maybe someone at running back that can kind of offset Lewis, or you think they're okay with Blunt? And... I think they're all okay with what they got for the running back. I wouldn't worry about that. What about, I mean, obviously now you've got some issues there on the defensive side with Mayo retiring and uh, Chandler not being uh, renewed for um, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, do you think... Uh, what would you say is the it's a bigger need? Is it that linebacker? Yeah, but I think they can they'd be able to find something probably. I would say in free agency, a good pick up there for that. Have they uh, mentioned anyone at all, or uh, nothing that I've seen yet? I mean, everybody's always you know throwing up names of different players who are suddenly uh, free agents, but. There's nothing really that New England is really eyed at the moment that I know of. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm looking at your – there's nobody really – I mean, that's 
you know, totally glaring as far as, you know, who your free agents are other than Blunt himself, which I don't yeah, know this that might anybody's... Be... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, this might be one of those situations where they wait to the very end, like they tend to do on a lot of stuff. Right. Uh, you think they bring back LaFell or... No, I don't think so. Yeah, it seemed like he had so many problems last year just catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like more of a an issue. But the uh, one thing I'm seeing is a lot of your corners, uh, I mean, obviously some of them are, you know, they're backups to, to the backups or whatever. But you have quite a few in the secondary that are some kind of free agent, whether it's restricted or unrestricted. Uh Looks like you probably need some secondary help here with either Tavon Wilson, Terrell Brown, uh, being unrestricted. Well, you, is that more of a draft thing, or are you looking to bring those I, guys back? Yeah, I see them going more for the draft or spots like that. Well, <clears throat> so if you're looking at the off season and you're saying we accomplished this, this, and this, what would be your, uh, would you, what would need to happen for that to be a successful off season for you? Um, I don't know. That's kind of a hard one for me to answer. Um, I guess like, if they, if they got their, uh, they got some, you know, the the O line figured out. Definitely, I'd even be with the Lucky Land Slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be happy with that just so Brady has some more time to throw. At least he's got guys he can still throw to. But he's got to get that time, and that's what he didn't have last time. He was on his back more than I think he's been in a long time. So, Do you think it's the fact that just you had so many injuries with the offensive line, or is it just the personnel? I think it was that. I enough? think it was coaching. I think coaching had a lot to do with it, but don't you know? The, on top of that, it was the injuries. Right. So you think you yeah, had well, the right guys? You just didn't. It, it was just a combination of the outside factors on that. Yeah, and there's really only one guy in the offensive line that I think they they should think about getting rid of, and that was Cannon. Yeah. And that was that he was a big talk in a lot of the Patriots groups of how bad he was looking, even when he was healthy or whatever. So. All right. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you uh, for coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sean. Finally got a chance to talk to you. I know we've planned it in the past and it hasn't worked out, so. All right. Well, uh, hopefully you get home safe and get through this traffic. I sure will. Thanks a lot, Sean. No problem. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Jeff talking about his Patriots. Um you know, what did you think, uh, Gary? I think, obviously, 
uh, offensive line was a huge, huge issue for the Patriots last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's one of those that, you know, I think it really affected their year. Uh, it's part of the reason they didn't make the next level. They they had a great shot at it. I mean, they're the New England Patriots. They've found ways to mask some of those weaknesses. But uh, you could just tell that Tom Brady was not given the time that he needed for most of that season. And it's a situation where if they could just find a way to shore up, you know, just a couple spots on it, they may be, you know, back to the glory that they once were. Um, so, I mean, I think it is a big issue, you know, looking at, you know, uh, other places in this, on this team, you could say, well, they need cornerbacks, they need some other spots, you know, to kind of be filled. But, you know, right now that's the most important. Definitely. Uh, you know, they, they're, if the, the receiver is obviously going to be a thing for them. Uh, they, they've got to find that reliable receiver, um, you know, and they, the, Colts are expected to release Andre Johnson. You know, that could be somebody that might work with Brady if, you know, he still wants to stick around. Um, you know, any any thoughts on do you think they go draft with that? We've never really seen them go draft much with that. Or do you think they try to find somebody? I'll be honest with you. I, I think if they go draft, it's going to be in the late, late rounds. Uh, you're going to see a sixth, seventh round pick on a receiver. Uh, if you know they feel like it's an impressive, you know, guy that kind of fell in the draft, I don't expect them to draft anywhere high for a guy that's you know at least in the receiving core. I don't. Uh, yeah, I think Andre Johnson's a guy. I mean, there's other receivers. I'm sure it'll be available uh, that you know they may take a peek at. Let's be honest, though. Looking at Belichick and his history with wide receivers, they've just never really honestly signed big-name guys. I mean, uh, what, they got Randy Moss at the end of his career um, trying to rejuvenate it, but it just never worked out. No, no, no. But look at the other receivers that they've had that have not been big names that have worked for them and went other places and did nothing. Uh I, I think Welker was one of those guys that was very special to their team. Uh, now you have, uh, you know, uh, Julian Edelman, who's kind of the new Wes Welker, who's very important to that team. But besides that, they don't have any big-time number one receivers that just really blow you out of the water. I just don't think it's going to be a priority. I think Belichick's just going to kind of go by what he thinks and not put a priority in it. I, th- I think he's going to do okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what you expect there. You know, with, I think, linebacker with Mayo uh, retiring and some other issues there, you kind of got to look at it uh, from that perspective. I mean, they're not – obviously, he mentioned <clears> – I mean, we already talked about some of the guys that they, they're they dropping here as my screen is deciding it wants to freak out. But – I, I did discuss uh, what the I don't what the heck is happening. I did not ask for you to do this to me, computer. Thank you. You have to love when things uh, just decide to have a mind of their own. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's always awesome. But uh, I mean, Blunt comes up for being a unrestricted free agent. Steven Jackson, obviously, he's he's on his last legs. You know, he probably shouldn't have played anyway. Um, 
And I think uh, James, I mean, you still have James White signed, so you know you're okay there. Uh, but, you know, Blunt is their workhorse. And, I mean, I don't know, I don't see a lot of people trying to really go after him. And then we even saw him do that funny thing where he went to the Steelers and then somehow got the Steelers to drop him. And, you know, he winds up back with the, the Patriots. So Yeah, and winning a Super Bowl that year as well, you know. So, I mean, that's why I kind of wonder how much he's motivated to move on to another team. He's already done that. He's kind of seen where that put him. I, I would be surprised to see him suit up in a, a different place. I think he really wants to stay with the Patriots. I think he feels at home there. Um, so I think they'll work out a deal. I do. You know, maybe maybe I could be completely wrong, but I could see him saying, you know, I made that mistake once. I'm not doing it again. I think Ryan Wendell's a guy at center you kind of look at and say they probably want to try to bring him back because you can't draft everybody at that position. Uh, at you know the the offensive line, everybody's gonna be trying to go for offensive offensive line at that point. Uh, as I mentioned to him, you know you got some safety and and corner issues you might want to look at here. Obviously backups other than Terrell Brown, who I think he was okay last year. Um, but overall, you know they're still gonna be the Patriots, and you gotta have faith in the Belichick. He knows what he's doing at this point. Um, anything else you want to say on the Patriots for, you know? Uh, know, not really, because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, this is the same formula they've done for years. Uh, they, they really kind of found guys out of obscurity. Uh, their drafts have been really good. Um, they've done an excellent job in getting young talent, even if it's depth. And then, uh, you know, really just kind of filled those holes, you know, based on, you know, some veterans or some, you know, guys uh, from other people's practice squads and things like that. So I I think they're going to do fine. I'm not expecting any kind of fall off yet. I mean, they still got so many guys that are coming back from last year. And um, I think if they can add some important pieces, you know, they'll be just as good as they were. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and obviously, you know, Brady stays healthy and those receivers don't – he doesn't go through the receiver rut that he went through last season. He will probably be okay. So we move on now to someone that has not been on the podcast before. He is a newbie to our Wrestling to the Max group, and he – also is a big football fan. He's a Miami Dolphins fan, in fact, living in New Jersey, which you'll hear him say you don't find that too often. Uh, you don't find Miami Dolphins fans, uh, period, too often, <laughs> that aren't uh, guys that are fair weather as soon as that team starts to lose. Uh, obviously, living here, I can tell you for sure that that happens. But he goes on uh, talking. I mean, I talk about him, talk to him about the coaches the coaching carousel, all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was a very interesting, almost 21-minute interview here with uh, Aaron. So take a listen. All right, I'm here with Aaron Early, and he is a uh, Miami Dolphins fan. How long have you been a fan of the Dolphins? I've been a Dolphins fan since the late 90s, Jose McDuffie days. Um, playing Madden with Dan Marino. All right, so you're definitely not uh, one of those uh, fair weather 
uh, Dolphin fans. That nope, I'm a New Jersey Dolphins fan. You won't find many of us. <laughs> Certainly not. I mean, it's hard enough just to find Miami Dolphins fans <laughs> down here. So, I mean, I can attest to the people just all of a sudden do not care as soon as they don't do anything uh, down here in Miami. Very sometimes can be very bad uh, sports town, but. So, looking at this 2015 season, I mean, I watched a ton of their games. It was one of the teams that I was assigned throughout the season when we did the podcast. And telling you, just the the big deal was obviously the the coaching carousel that went on with this team. uh, From Joe Philbin to Dan Campbell, then you fire the offensive coordinator. uh, Then now you have Adam Gase. So... I'm guessing you're feeling like now the Dolphins have the right coach. In all honesty, I had never blamed it on Joe Philbin. I blamed it on just bad spending because you put the wrong people in the wrong places. Mike Wallace, I loved him to death, shouldn't have been there. I blame more so on Ireland. He had some, some good draft picks, but for the most part, they were all horrible. Deion Jordan, you know, just to name a few. Um, when you have that negativeness at the top, um, when you have Ross, who's not really um, doing anything of value but spending money, the people that's been working their tails off, they're not feeling that residual welcoming. You know, Cameron Wake should be getting God knows how much money, but it is what it is. You know, you can't blame the coaching staff when you guys are going out there um, night in and night out, practicing, busting your butts, and then on Sundays, you come in and lay a dud. That's a different way to look at it. Uh, certainly, you know, it always seems like people just want to blame the coach, blame the coach. And you don't hear a lot of blame the player, blame the player. So that's kind of refreshing, actually. Uh, to... No, I, I, I honestly think Joe Philbin is just – he was just the, the guy that everyone can scapegoat. For the most part, he didn't really do anything wrong. He just never did anything right, you know. And that was probably the issue with a lot of people had with Joe Philbin. Um, a lot of the times it was defense didn't hold the fourth quarter down. Um, we settled for a field goal instead of a touchdown. Um, if 2014, if Green Bay and Detroit changes, we're in the playoffs. You know, in 2015, if Jawan James doesn't get hurt, who knows? We're in the playoffs. That's a lot of things that could have happened with Joe Philbin as our coach. We still have to look at the, the guys, the, the Joes instead of the X's and O's. But if you're saying that he inherently didn't do anything right, then isn't that wrong then if he's not, you know? I didn't say he didn't do anything right. Per se. I might have said that, but he he does a lot of things just status quo. Okay. You know, he tries to make the, the football decision and not – make the, the crazy chance. He's not like Les Miles. You know, he's not he's not a gunslinger, chance taker, riverboat, Ron Rivera type of person. He's more of a, I think this is the right thing to do kind of guy. Yeah, certainly not the uh, command. Did you, did you like Dan Campbell? I thought Dan Campbell was a little extra. I liked what he did for the players, but at the same time, your coach isn't on the field for you. He can get you all hyped and riled up, but when it hits the fans, what are you going to do about it? You know, you guys are, are out there to give your 100% all game, and now if you're getting blown out, 
don't give up now. Your coach got you all riled up. Now you, you're ready to quit. You know, so it, it did nothing for me. I'm, I was never the rah-rah, Pete Carroll kind of coach kind of guy. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, certainly, you know, Campbell had his guys, his uh, his other coaches that were kind of the ones telling him the things to do and stuff like that. It didn't necessarily always seem like Dan Campbell was the guy kind of controlling things. Yeah, he had no control. And most importantly, a lot of people might blame the offensive line for the Dolphins' struggles. The tight ends, and he's a tight ends coach, were god-awful. And I love Jordan Cameron as a Brown. I love Deion Sims last year as a backup behind Clay. They did nothing this year. You know, I don't blame players. I'm a very, very um, forthright person, and it's about the game. And what happens in the game happens in the game. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But those guys hardly showed up. You know, Jordan Cameron is a borderline pro bowler, and he, what did he have, 500 yards this season? Yeah, he uh, dropped a lot of balls, is what I noticed. <laughs> but I wouldn't. Have threw it to him. Go ahead, sorry. I said I wouldn't have threw it to him. You know, um, block. We need your help. You know our offense. Uh, but I mean, but it, with the Browns, he was he was doing just fine catching and everything. I mean, it, how I, much I of that is good. how much of that is Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, and how much of that is Jordan Cameron? I watched Jarvis Landry catch balls out of the wazoo, and I watched him drop balls right in his breadbasket. When it comes to a quarterback, it's about putting the ball in a position where you can catch it. These guys are always in positions where they can catch it. Ryan might not be perfect, but I think Ryan does a a phenomenal job, in my opinion. He doesn't really do much wrong except for what the coaches tell him. And it's it's more so execution, getting the ball out a little quicker, but how can you get it out when it's 30 people on you as soon as you hike the ball? So the the receivers know where the ball is going. They just got to catch the ball. Yeah, and Jarvis Landry certainly did a lot of that uh, last year. I mean, he was his favorite target anywhere on the field, sometimes probably to the detriment of the yeah, team. To the detriment. Looking I, for I agree. But that's what happens when you, when you stand out and actually participate. You know, I give Devontae Parker a little bit of credit coming at the tail end of the season. Kenny Stills for the deep routes and getting open. But who was open in the in the flats? Who was open in the hitch routes? You know, these guys got to do more than just run deep patterns. And we know that that's Ryan's – that's not his strength. So, come on now. We got we to gotta do better um, in, the top, in the 10 yards. So, you know, one of the – things obviously you know they took out Bill Lazor and mm-hmm. they figured okay Ryan Tenhill's complaining that the offense is too scripted that he needed uh, to have a little bit of say so in the offense it didn't seem like the team really got that much better and now you bring on a guy that is a quarterback's coach look what he did with Jay Cutler last year mm-hmm. uh, look what he did with Peyton Manning so you must feel much better at Ryan Tenhill going into 2016 yes and no the no is this. How many different offensive coordinators is this guy going to have? He was a high school, uh, college receiver. He's learning a little too much sometimes. And, you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing also. Um, personally, I think Bill Lazor had a different detriment to the team. I look at it as the Philadelphia Eagles. Watch them from the last couple seasons with Chip Kelly and see how they burn out. The defense burns out. The offense burns out. Practice is a little too weary on their legs. 
I've seen the same thing happen with the Dolphins, you know, and I think Ryan was able to do his job as a quarterback, but everyone else is burnt out. Um, and they were burnt out by the first game of the season this year. So the looking, Redskins almost took it to them. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, that, that it Jarvis Landy with a punt return having to save him. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. – so you look at now play uh, – to me, the, the guys that stick out, obviously, there isn't like – there isn't a huge amount of guys that I would say – because uh, you already sent Bryce McCain somewhere else. Yep. Uh, so the two guys that obviously stand out to me, and they were two of your standout players last year, uh, Lamar Miller and Rashad Matthews, who really came on kind of out of nowhere and became that second receiver to Landry, and then he got hurt, and you could really see how that affected uh, Tannehill until kind of Devontae Parker was going to be able to come in and help him out. Mm-hmm. So you definitely think and, – and these are guys that aren't making a lot right now, but you know there's going to be people f- coming for them, especially Lamar Miller, and Lamar Miller wants to get paid. Do you think that they both deserve that, that money that they want? Lamar Miller is in a bind because he's a running back, and running backs are not a commodity right now. So if Miami's going to give him $5 million and no one else is going to give him a substantial amount more – he might just be better off staying and, and being the star and being comfortable in a situation where he's going to be successful. However, we do have a new offensive coordinator, so he had to do what's best for him, first and foremost. When it comes to Matthews, I love I love them since Hard Knocks. The, guy, the guy's been just he's, – he's tough as nails. You know, he's a guy that, that you're going to see him no matter what. And he has to just continue to grow as a as a player from a maturity standpoint because he likes to he likes to show I I'm better than this. And he's he did it on the field last year. And they can't deny that. The problem is Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, um, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Matthews, two tight ends, two running backs. It's not a it's not enough balls to go around. You know? So are you going to be the T.O. guy or are you going to just recognize that you can grow and you can go? And that's what I think he needs to do. I think he needs to go, and I think Miami needs to recognize that we might be able to get Armand Benz back, um, someone who can fill that fourth position. It's plenty of options at, at receiver. And he's a quality guy. He might want to just take take his ball and run. Yeah, a point there. He could definitely. Uh, I'm sure he will get offers uh, from other teams that are needing uh, that number two, or even a number one, depending on what they they consider for him. But so you look at the other side of things, and yep. definitely the, the you hear a lot more about Cameron Wake, Olivier Vernon, Dominic and Sue kind of had some growing pains. He Hello. came on more towards. Do I hear you? You hear me? Hello? Aaron, you there? Here, uh, hold on. Hello? Oh, I might have lost, I might have, might be one of those things where you can't hear me. Well, that call is going pretty good. Oh, here we go. He's calling back. Hello? 
Hey, Sean, I think we got disconnected. Yeah, it was one of those. I, I was talking, you couldn't hear me. So. <laughs> nope. Uh, so I was getting. You were talking about Kansas State. Yeah, I was calling. I guess yeah, talking about the defense here. Do you th- obviously secondary had issues, um, and Indomitian Sue kind of took a while to get going. Do you feel like this defense definitely has uh, players uh, in for next year? But where do you think they're lacking? They're lacking in linebacker. No. No gripes about that. We all know it's been that way for years. Um, I don't think they had a decent linebacker since Carlos Dansby and Joey Porter. Um, when it comes to their secondary, Delmas gets hurt every year. Rashad Jones is a great player, but he's a he's kind of erratic. He's he's in a lot of different places, and I don't know if we can rely on him as a back the back of the defense protection. I know he can shut down a run in no time and he can make plays and he can be spectacular. Um, I personally wish they would have kept Jimmy Wilson. Um, Jimmy Wilson was doing a lot in that slot um, coming in that fourth corner or that third safety, whatever they needed him to do, he would always make plays. But then um, Brent Grimes just, he had a tough year. And part of that tough year was he was on number one receivers all game. He had no help all game. And I don't know why people assume that a starting cornerback is supposed to stop the number one receiver every single time. It's honestly illogical in an age of a receiver. Um, It's just some guys just do it and do it to a a great degree. Um, I don't really have a problem with that. As long as you're not giving up 300 yards to someone, I think who who scored some last year just terribly? Um, Brandon Marshall, what do you have, 200 yards, three touchdowns? Um, But you as a coach have to recognize, put someone over the top, let's change up coverage. Um, However, he still has to come out and play. Put your big boy pants on and recognize that Brandon Marshall is a 6'4", 230-pound receiver, and you have to go to work. Get your lunch spell and let's go. You know, on the other side, they had a lot of young guys. Um, These guys haven't done anything in two, three years. It's just bad draft picks, you know. And I give them all credit in the world for coming out and trying, but that's a, a dire need. And they need to get someone – I would trade or get a free agent. Um, we need someone established. Go get Cromartie. That's what I would do. Um, but they're not going to do that, of course. What do but. you think about a Luis Delmas and who's unrestricted right now? He's making at least – Two and a half million, he's probably would ask for more. You got a Kelvin Shepard, a Quentin Copels. Are those guys that you're keeping, or you try to replace them? If you can get them for the cheap, like a Kelvin Shepard and a Quentin Copels, you can keep those guys because they're they're high energy guys and they can make plays. When it comes to Delmas, I don't trust his health. You know, he what did he have three straight years with the torn ACL? Right. You know, I can't trust that you know and he's a quality player but he's not a game changer he's not a difference maker um it's not really worth it um i wish him the best i would never say hey cut bait fire this guy get rid of him (laughs) but when it comes down to it i think we can find better on the free market um i wouldn't draft the safety i don't i don't see that need as pressing as uh right guard or right tackle not right tackle right guard 
um, left guard, which is most concerning, um, linebacker and a cornerback. Um, but when it comes to safety, you, you can plug in that hole. Um, I think, what's his name, Walt Aiken, he was doing pretty fine as a backup. Um, not as not as good as Delmas, of course, but he, he did pretty pretty good back there. You know, we just have to stay in coverage because the pass rush wasn't getting there last year. Sue getting triple teamed, Cameron Waite going down, Olivier Vernon had a great year, but on the other side, it was we, we didn't get anything. So we have to recognize that that pass rush is key. Um, that's the way the Giants won the Super Bowl against Brady. Um, it works. That's the way the, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. That's the way the Broncos won the Super Bowl. So we have the foundation in place of a great defense. Now the back end has to handle theirs because they're going to try to get the ball off quick. That's the only way you're going to beat this team. So looking at the you know looking at the draft. So you mentioned a couple positions there. Looking at the draft, which one do you think you go with on that first pick? You got a brand new quarterback who's about to be in a brand new system, and we know the interior line is depleted. Fix it now. I don't care if you spend all seven draft picks on offense alignment. You fix that. Um, I personally would just go um, right guard because what was it? Jason Fox was just horrible. Um, I think he might have been left guard. I'm not even sure. But either one of those guys were just horrible. Um, I would also get get us a, a quick linebacker, someone who can um, handle Gronk or tight ends who, who are honestly killing us because the middle of the field is we can't stop it. You know, and if the middle of the field gets open, now Brent Grimes has to single cover every time, and we know how that's going to go as he gets older. I don't want Miko to get mad at me, though. (laughs) No, but you're right. I mean, it was just the C parting in the middle of the field most of the time uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, If you're – Go ahead. And look what Brady did. Brady just simply recognized – you guys can cover all these receivers that are probably trash anyway. We'll just dump it off to the um, running back or the tight end because your linebackers can't cover in space. Mm. So it, it was a detriment to us because we could have beaten the Patriots, probably not the first game, but the second game around. Um, the line, uh, what was it? Carlos Williams destroyed us um, with the Buffalo Bills. You have to take advantage over matchups. And if our linebackers can't, get to the second level of the offense, we're done. We have to we have to stop these people in the backfield because our they're gonna triple team Sue. So if Sue's getting triple teamed, that means the linebacker is gonna have a free lane. Make something happen. Yeah, you're right. I just so when you look at the at this off season and you say it was a great off season because this, this and this happened. It was a great off season because it's another year. Remove the stench of Philbin, no excuses. Um, it's a great off season because we addressed our dire need of linebacker and offensive offensive guard. Another, it was another good year off season because Jawan James is back and healthy, Brandon Albert is back and healthy, Cam Wake is back and healthy, and Olivier Vernon is good to go. Our edges are covered. And that's where we'll be successful. All right, sir. Well, thank you, Aaron. You pretty much answered all our questions, and you did it very well. Nope. Uh, I... We'll be doing another one of these going around to the teams when we uh, 
when the draft is over, we'll be looking at, you know, the players and everything. So I'll for sure be getting in touch with you then. Uh, but thank you again, sir. No problem, Sean. I'll give you a Roman Reigns highlight next um, next um, next April, all right? All right. <laughs> I'll be waiting for that Roman Reigns highlight. Uh, certainly. Uh, Gary, I mean, uh, lots to digest here. Uh, lots that Aaron and I talked about. As I kind of mentioned, there's not a whole lot about this team. The guys that are kind of on free agency or guys that are kind of on the downtrend. We've already seen McCain go somewhere. Uh, maybe you're trying to get a Copels back or whatever, but your two main targets are Rashad Matthews and Lamar Miller. I think Aaron might be right in that Rashad might be asking, might wind up asking for too much, and they might just say, we're not going to pay that for you. But what do you think? Is he someone that you really go after? Do you really need all four of your wide receivers to really be that good? You know, I look at it and I, I think to myself, okay, you know, you got Landry, your number one guy, and of course you got a core group here, which Matthews is one of those guys. And I really just kind of evaluate if I sign him, what am I losing? That's the big key. What's the cost? What am I paying? Uh, and if it takes away from my pass rush, my pass protection. Yeah, because uh, Vernon was given the transition tag. So. Yeah, and in yeah. Cameron Wake situation, I mean, it, there's a lot here to digest. And uh, Matthews could be on that chopping block even though they don't want to do it. And, I mean, is that going to hurt them? I think to an extent because I think he was one of their more capable guys. And I think he's a receiver that, you know, even though Tannehill may not be the best quarterback, uh, if Matthews is in the vicinity, he's going to get the ball. So I, I thought that was interesting. He gave a lot of credit to Tannehill. Uh, he seemed to like Tannehill. Uh, you are not a big fan of Tannehill. So what do you say to a Dolphins fan that was watching him all year and, and thinks that he's really good? Well, and I could understand that. I mean, uh, you go through that when you're a fan of a team. I mean, it's just the way it works. Uh, you know, you hope for the best. You look at all the positives, and, and you go with it. I mean, uh, I guarantee you, you know, I, I'm a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and I am a Romo-sexual. And um, there's a lot of people out there right now listening to the podcast who say that Tony Romo's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Why do you like him? You know, they they would say yeah, that. They say that they're idiots. Well, I, I agree, but I'm just saying that that's, there's some people out there who say it's just personal opinions. Uh, I don't know. I just think that there's people out there who, uh, you know, really like their quarterbacks, and that's fine. I think, you know, Tannehill is just not the worst quarterback in this league. He's not. Let's be honest. He, he's a decent quarterback. Um, I, I got him coined around average. Would you say uh, he's better than – Bradford uh from what we saw last year yes um I think if Bradford was healthy and could play all year long I'd I'd would renege on that I think I would say that Bradford is a little bit better but just a little bit I think he's just you know one to two spots ahead of Tannehill if he's healthy all year I think with Tannehill Obviously, it showed all the coaching changes, all of the 
offensive coordinator changes, all that stuff that's been going on with him. Uh, Aaron brought it up. I think I brought it up many times. How many times are they going to change personnel for the guy? Um, and to the point where maybe it's you. Mm-hmm. You know? And he has no excuses. You're working with Adam Gase, who made wonders out of uh, Jay Cutler last year. He made wonders out of, uh, you know, um, uh, Peyton Manning that year that he was there with uh, John Fox. I mean, so I don't think you have any excuses if Ryan Tannehill comes in and they can't figure something out for him in this year. Obviously, you know, it depends on the health of your receivers and your core there and what happens with the running back situation and all that. But I, I just think that the excuses are about to run out for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I think that they put a lot in, into him. They've invested uh, quite a bit of money in Tannehill. Um, but, you know, the the project has not worked out so well. It's not terrible, like I said before, but it's not the quarterback I think that they were expecting to get out of their investment. So uh, unless he can improve, I, I could definitely see his future possibly not being in Miami. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I just think that right now you've got the best situation for him, and if he doesn't pan out, you know, you can't blame uh, you can't blame the the guys. Uh, I think defensively, you found out a lot of what Olivier Vernon was last year. You found out how much Cameron Wake and Dominican Sue helped because Vernon was a beast over there on that right side. So you definitely made uh, the moves there. I think definitely what Aaron said, linebacker was a key problem. So was obviously secondary head issues. I mean, it felt like the Red Sea just parted when they went through the middle of the field with the Dolphins. Uh, they're going to have to correct that. Uh, Misi's good. He's not great. Um, you know, and some of the other, you know, they, they have to figure out something with the linebacker. I think in the draft or free agency, you got to bring somebody in there. I definitely, you know, and I, I think linebacker is a spot that, you know, really Miami felt like that they were decent at last year. I think they felt like they had the the guys in place that could at least do the job. And um, they found themselves in some bad situations. Uh, you know, it was not hard to run on the Dolphins. And that was a, kind of a surprise to me. I really felt the, that the Dolphins' defense was going to be much improved, that they were going to do just fine. And then injuries and, and a few other things taking place kind of affected that. So, uh, but, you know, this year, I mean, I, I still don't think they've fallen off too far. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. But if they can add some linebacker depth, and, of course, you know, you did mention also uh, defensive back depth, I mean, the Dolphins are going to be a lot better situation. That was really where they were, you know, and uh, their Achilles heel was last year. Very true. Well, anything else you want to say? On the Miami Dolphins here. They definitely are a team that they were worth the hype last year. They definitely had the team that you thought if they all get it together, they definitely should have been able to contend. But injuries and just, you know, things not working out for the team, just, you know, it Mm -hmm. came out the way it did. Anything else you want to say on the Dolphins here? You know, I think the Dolphins kind of uh, came into this past year with some great hype, and I thought that it was kind of deserved. And then when we got into the season, some things took place. I felt like, well, you know, this isn't exactly what they were expecting or wanting, uh, but it just kind of put them in that place of, you know, they can't help but what they are. 
and what they were was a below average team. And now I think they have the potential to be better than that. They were last place in their division this past year. I think if they can make some improvements here, like we were just talking about, improve the defense, add some pieces, retain those important guys that are out there for on free agency from your team, and maybe add other guys uh, out of free agency, I think this Dolphins team could be a contender. I really do. I think that they're not that far away from being a contender. Um, I may not be sold on their quarterback, but you know, we've seen worse, you know, or just about as good quarterbacks win a Super Bowl. So I don't think that that's going to be your biggest fear. I think if they can just kind of get that defense in order and, of course, get that offense going in the right direction. Yeah, certainly. So, well, that does it for another division in the books. Uh, we're going to round out the AFC next week while looking at – I know for sure we've got um, guys for the Colts. Uh, he'll be on the Monday podcast, uh, Mr. James Fonte. Fawn Cannon that you may have heard on our Wrestling uh, to the Max podcast. He's very uh, big on his Colts. And of course, uh, we will have, I think uh, we're going to have another guy from another wrestling podcast, uh, Jimmy Christopher, uh, talking about his Tennessee Titans uh, from that Raw Reaction podcast. Uh, He knows a lot about his Titans, so uh, they'll both uh, be the subject of the uh, Monday show, and then it's kind of up in the air. I'm, I'll have to see if I can get Jacob for Houston, or maybe I find somebody else for the Texans, and we got to get going on finding that Jacksonville uh, Jaguars fan for sure. And then we'll be moving on to the NFC after uh, next week. So as we inch ever closer to free agency, obviously, and the draft. And uh, I forgot to say it at the beginning, but I want to say uh, now uh, always – Thankful to be partnered with uh, Last Run on Sports. Uh, they help us out so much, uh, putting us on uh, the page there. They get We have our own little uh, section there for the podcast as well. So that's always a great thing that they give us. And I just want to say we're appreciative of it. Of course, we had uh, Ben Kerr on, last, on the last show talking about the Buffalo Bills. So hopefully we can get more of those guys. We had Jarrett Milton on top of the Chiefs. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and, of course, the WTO Network uh, that I know we show a lot, <laughs> but it is a great thing that exists. I mean, you can get Randy's uh, Backlog Busting Project podcast on there. You know, you can uh, go write and review them and tell them how great it was they did the Extra Life thing for charity. Of course, if you're a wrestling fan, we got a, four wrestling podcasts that all offer different things. Uh, you got you got the big head honcho, the headliner, uh, our Wrestling Max podcast that pretty much gives you everything we can possibly do in three hours in wrestling, uh, reviewing all those American wrestling TV shows and New Japan, everything, uh, to a retro review wrestling podcast and wrestling unwrapped, to a one-man show wrestling podcast, to a two friends just talking wrestling and the Running Wild podcast, and of course, video games, this show which, of course, would be great if you rate and review this show as well so we can continue to gain, gain traction so that when we enter into next season, we're already uh, gaining more fans and everything. And, of course, uh, things changed a little bit, of course, with the name change. Uh, there's only one Twitter for all the podcasts that are not the Wrestling to the Max podcast. Uh, and Wrestling and Wrath has their own podcast as well. But um, out of the, the uh, you know, Video games and football now have one 
uh, one Twitter, follow the at WTM Network, and you'll see me just tweeting about football or tweeting about video games or whatever else is going on that's not wrestling related will be on that Twitter. So uh, you can follow that. And, of course, Facebook.com slash WTM Network. Uh, You can go like the page, which helps us out. Uh, a lot as well. It tells you whenever any of the podcasts are going live, you feel like an inkling to listen to one of them live, you can right there. So, um, yeah, anything I missed here, Gary? No, it sounds like you got it all. You know, like you said, we kind of shilled WTM Network a lot. But, you know, the, the positive thing about subscribing is the fact that it's always available for you on your player. You have all the podcasts we do. You're not searching. You're not having to look it up. Or did those guys have a podcast last night? You just update your player. You look at it, and it tells you right there, hey, this is available. Go check out this show. So, you know, that's it's something simple. Go subscribe. For sure. All right. And well, until uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, where we will be talking about the Colts and Titans and, of course, whatever else has been going on in the NFL uh, National Football League news, we will be covering it on the next Football to the Max. Uh, See you guys later. Have a good weekend.